Alma Pictures and Baker Street Media present Second Z's Cubed. Second Z's Cubed is a technical podcast dedicated to critiquing and celebrating performing arts and inspiring the next generation of creatives. So, welcome everybody to Second Z's again with our usual host. This time we are very pleased to present the topic of poetry and also we will also include a bonus of music. And I want to introduce this um, this session with, by telling us, our audience, that we are going to be coming to Peru in our conversation, which I obviously have a personal bias about because I have lived in Peru for quite a long time and have many good friends and people that I know socios connections over there so we are going to do a special little episode to honor two of the greats of peruvian arts and culture the first we are going to talk about is of course the one and only blanca varela blanca varela is one of the top premier female poets in the whole history of peru to date um her work is known all over the world, and we actually have a live version of her piece, Canto Villano, her performing the same. And the second thing we're going to talk about is another great named Chabuca Granda and her song Puente de los Suspiros, which, of course, Chabuca is obviously one of the forerunners for female musicians coming out of Peru, and both of them have left a mark on all levels of Peruvian society. Though both of them come from a well-to-do class, if you will, they both had an amazing influence all across the social sphere. So some people may critique me that I did not go to the altiplano, that I did not go to the jungle, that I did not go to the indigenous communities, our first people's communities this time. But I have, I also have a lot of love and respect for all the cultural art forms that exist in Peru. And there are so many, I just had to pick two. (laughs) So I um, apologize that we couldn't talk about all of my friends who are musicians from different cultures or people that are well-known. Um, there are many, 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 many people we could thank and appreciate in this episode. And I want to dedicate this episode to my first choir and orchestra director, who is also my piano teacher, Rod Maria Canelo de Merced. And I want to thank you. So te voy a agradecer por lo que hiciste por mí. En serio. So I want to thank you to her. Say thank you to her because she's the person that really introduced me to all of all kinds of music and cultures um, in Peru. And she would use all of the, the different um, cultures to teach us music and music theory. And we would do, would do concerts all over the place. So that is my brief introduction to what we are going to talk about today. And I hope that you all enjoy this journey with us as we go and explore another place. 
Also es ein Tristellers Moor, but about what you've very chosen. Um, sure, so just a second. Let me, let me, um, I want to pull up the lyrics of these pieces because I think that's very important to um, share. All right. Metra. I forgot to pull up the lyrics first, so hold on. Excellent. 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 I will just read the poem first because that will be great. And you can hear my rendition of it. Might I say also that, like, uh, you play an incredible piano. Thank you, Maestro. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I was taught by a genius. No, you okay. can see that you, yeah. <laughs> I had a really good teacher. Uh, all right, so we'll start with uh, Canto Vigiano. Yeah. Ah, there we go. I got the correct version now. The reading is the most beautiful, so beautiful. It's okay. Very lovely. Well, you're going to hear the correct version now because I definitely got some stupid version earlier and i was reading it like this doesn't sound right so here comes the correct version people <laughs> <laughs> anyway here we go canto villano y de pronto la vida en mi plato de pobre un margo trozo de celeste cerdo aquí en mi plato observame observarme observarte o matar una mosca sin malicia aniquilar la luz o hacerla Hacerla, como quien abre los ojos y elige un cielo rebosante en el plato vacío. Rubén, cebollas, lágrimas, más Rubén, más cebollas, más lágrimas. Tantas historias, negros, indigeribles milagros, milagros y la estrella del oriente. Emparedada y el hueso del amor, tan roído tan ruido y tan duro, brillando en otro plato. Este hambre propio existe, es la gana del alma, que es el cuerpo. Es la rosa de grasa, que envejece en su cielo de carne. Me aculpa ojo turbio, me aculpa negro bocado, me aculpa divina náusea. No hay otro aquí, en este plato vacío, sino yo, devorando mis ojos y los tuyos. There we go, that's the correct version. Oh, thank goodness. I was like, what happened? Oh, I lost the whole, <laughs> whole section. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, beautiful. the part that like when he says, Amparedada y el hueso del amor tan roído y tan duro brillando en otro plato. It's like the part talking about the bone of love is so hard and it's bright on another plate. And then she talks about Este hombre propio existe, es la gana del alma que es el cuerpo. So it's like this internal hunger, like almost like hunger for, hombre propio is like hunger for yourself. And then um, it's talking about like just how there's, like she's just there alone by herself. She's alone by herself. 
And this reflection is like all these emotions just coming out, like when you're looking at your plate of food. I guess she is eating also alone by herself. So that's another another piece of this. Um, and I think the last thing I want to say about this before we open up for everybody, because we'll talk about the other one after, is like she's apologizing for what happened in the past, but she's also kind of moving on. And I don't think she's ready to let this person go. Um, so it's just kind of poignant because it provides all these beautiful pictures in words and you can almost see the food on the plate and like what it is and how it, how, how it's laid out there. And then just all the symbolism kind of makes you think all the time. So for me, I really appreciate this poem for that reason. It makes you think, it makes you consider. And yeah, that's why I like this poem. And also she's a genius term in either in a lot of ways. She wrote a lot of different kinds of poetry and she went through a period of time because she was living between like she lived like in the early 1900s. And so she had, um, I mean, early as in she was born, not early, early, but like middle, I should say middle. She was born in 1926 and lived until 2009. So I guess we could say early, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and I think the other thing that was interesting is that she is considered to be one of the most important voices of poetry in South in Latin America period. And she knew John Paul Sartre, Simone de Beauvoir, and many other people like that. Um, so she's very, very prolific. And yeah, that's what I want to say for now. I think my brain needs to turn on. So I'll probably have more to say later. <laughs> Do you mind going first? I Oh, sorry. Um, uh, did you ask if I don't? Mind yeah, go first. If you could yeah. go first, because he's still thinking. Yeah. yeah. Yes, of course. I've been pondering over this poem for quite some time. Um, I don't do well that well with surrealist poem and poems in the sense that I enjoy them, but I'm just there for the vibes mostly, you know, like <laughs> I, I get trouble. I, I have trouble really immersing myself into surrealist poetry aside from just like listening to the words or reading the words and just taking in the general atmosphere of the poem. Um, but I have read and reread and re 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 read this poem. Thank and, you. Um, <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> uh, it's it's such a fascinating poem. Like uh, right now, I still don't feel like I have a full grasp on it. It feels you can. like yeah, it feels like those moments when you first wake up and you just have the just the mere edges of this vivid dream that you had before just within your grasp but not quite it kind of dissipates through your fingers like mist 
uh, that was the general vibe that I got reading this poem, just as I think that I'm getting it kind of slips through my fingers. Um, but it definitely incorporated extremely vivid imagery, in my opinion. And there seems to be like this progression of sometimes it seems like there's a progression of the life cycle of food in a sense. You know, we get um, this image of a lean piece of light blue pork. I don't know much about pork, but my guess is that it does not come in light blue color unless it's starting to go bad. Uh, that that that's just yes, that precisely. <laughs> yes, um, and then you get into the imagery of a fly to kill a fly without malice. Um, you know, of course, flies are commonly associated with rotting food. There's that recurrent image of rotting food throughout the poem. And then you get an empty plate, right? With uh, the sky overflowing on it. Um, it seemed to me here that it almost skipped to the point where food completely decomposes, but then it switches into onion tears. And then it goes into indigestible black miracles. Um, and then the fatty rose of Greece, and then it goes into a small black sandwich, right? It's all this imagery of rotting, decomposing food and describing kind of loneliness through that rotting food journey. Uh, and it leaves you with this unsettling feeling while at the same time just being thoroughly grasped by this world because she's that's what she's done even though it's like one short poem she's created effectively created a world for readers to kind of immerse themselves into i think it speaks to an extremely talented writer um not many people have that skill and just reading into her as a person is so fascinating coming from a family of artists and marrying an artist and surrounding herself mm -hmm. with all of this art in Paris and how she was concerned with promoting art, keeping art alive while also keeping her Latin American heritage, sorry, not Latin American, her Latin heritage alive. The Peruvian heritage uh, alive. They're very, very proud. If you if you say they're Latin American, they will punch you in the face. They are very yes, proud yeah. to be Peruvian. They will not say they're Latin. That will like that was yeah. an insult. <laughs> yeah. To these guys. Well, this is kind of more about her <laughs> talks with other Latin um artists in Paris and how they were all talking about generally like the you know, preserving Latin heritage amongst no, themselves. No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. She's yeah. very... I remember, I I used to have... <laughs> I had a Peruvian friend um, a couple of years ago. We've kind of lost touch over the years. But I totally get the pride in the Peruvian It's a big pride, so like... Yes, she's you. very, very proud of her roots and her heritage and mm -hmm. you know i i learned all sorts of random facts about peru like i think one time i had a conversation to you with you about potatoes peruvian potatoes and you're like there's much more to peru about potatoes i'm like i understand <laughs> but it's just <laughs> culinary <laughs> capital of the, the world yes about. yeah which is also you that's know, that's what that i forgot 
I forgot to mention this. Mm -hmm. Now that my brain is like coming back, is basically, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because there is such a huge culinary, there is such a culinary mm -hmm. arts history of Imperial. Yes. It's a culinary mecca of delight, essentially, of of it's like almost like a holy place in culinary arts um because oh, wow. it has such a number of tons of different cuisines so for her to be talking about disgusting food is like really significant <laughs> because their food is good Must over there her soul yeah yeah <laughs> oh gosh yeah one time um, I tried to get in at this Peruvian restaurant down in St. Augustine. And that's also kind of how I stumbled into the world of delightful Peruvian culinary um, delights. Anyways, I, I was so bummed because the day that we were planning to go in was actually the day they were closed. But just looking at that menu and just the different flavors that they mix together, man, oh, man. So, so in this, so there's definitely good, there's definitely good seafood by there. I mean, and good Peruvian food there. Yes. Oh my gosh. Why didn't, have I never thought about looking it up? I will definitely make note of that because I need. That's your homework to look up a good food near you from <laughs> Peru. There you go. <laughs> and contact your friend, contact your friend and say, I'm very sorry for calling you Latin all the time. That's why she doesn't talk to you. I <laughs> no, maybe not that extreme, but there is definitely a pride. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, exactly. No, of course, <laughs> of course, yes, yeah. It's it's, it's probably if, if I'm, I don't know if I may, but I, I find her to be one of the at the top in the world. Um, but life and things being the way they are. And uh, the ruling of the Western culture, it, it, it tends to the Western writers and poets, they get more of a kind of a, a kick. Um, and, and I find that she's uh, like, she's, her parents obviously had been through the surrealist movement, you know, because you can see the reflection of that surrealism within herself. You know, of being able to look at things differently than just the face where, you know, looking past because artistically, um, one always strives for beauty. Um, and the deeper you go, the deeper you go and the deeper you go, you realize that striving for beauty is, 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 uh, so, so fake. Um, you know, in, in, in the art, whatever you're trying to do, you know. Uh, striving for the beauty is not where it lies. It lies in the in the pain. It lies in the the, the underbelly. It lies in the in the, the humanity. Um, so the the, the uh, way that it's used with the food is so wonderful because exactly the same. It is like with art, like being obvious. It is drawing all those lines between we essentially our food as well i mean it's no joke uh, it's we are as much food to this uh, experience as is an onion that's the best 
you know, just some of it. You see, and 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 it's always the the, the thing of of the eternal, because there's a, she doesn't say it, but there's it's a, her the, the spirituality of the country mm -hmm. or the uh, whatever the country is very very dominant. You know, in in a speech pattern, like me a golpa, me a golpa, me a marks and golpa, those kind of things. Yep, that's the beginning of the mass. The allusions to these mm -hmm. things, you see. And, and 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 the spirit and the body and etc are joined through that, that, that as you say <clears throat> the elements of the food are using that because that's what it is we eat and we get eaten and this is the cycle um it's also like uh, the, and, the and, cycle but also it's yeah. like just laying to rest something that you want oh yes yeah, that that's where she comes into it because I mean it's it's it's, it's, it's you know the melancholy you know she's she's skirts very lightly on on melancholy mm -hmm. you know and, and when I say melancholy it's the divine melancholy of of being alone mm -hmm. which she then brings in you see um, of how we yearn for that you know but at the same time we are yearning for uh, uh, when we say I want to be by myself uh, we're yearning for a knowledge of what is the self. And um, and she brings that out very nicely. And then going into the onion, the onion tears, as you said, you know, uh, it's as we scrape the layers away, you know, it's how the, you know, the tears do flow. And uh, it, it, it's, it's not pretty. It's definitely not pretty. You know, that's the one thing. Um, so it's finding the beauty within because you, you can't juxtapose uh, beauty and uh, what would be ever the opposite of beauty, ugly, whatever, whatever. It's like white and black. It's, it's, it's They're both the same. Right. It's like um, there's a saying in the there's a saying in Spanish that I'm thinking about amor y dolor love and pain that's just a, that's a divine pain. It is. It is a. And it uh, could be. It's a, it's a divine. It pain. could be that this person has died, mm. or it could be that this person has gone away. But it's amor y dolor. And then there's like um, that's so beautiful. El amor mm. y el dolor. Yeah, that's they will always is, say is, that too. That like yeah. amor y dolor. And then there's another one oh, that's absolutely. where they say. Uh, there's this one I heard people say this before. It says, no hay amor mm. sin dolor. There's no love without mm. pain. Mm. There is no love without pain. Because you have to the, the, put yourself in a vulnerable place, yeah. right? And there's always a chance it's to a be. It's a divine pain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially when it's like, you know, what anyone will know is who has suffered any kind of loss or heartbreak where you yeah. literally are feeling it. It's the strangest thing in the world because you want it to go away so desperately because it's, it hurts so, and it's illogical because it's hurting where the heart is, but there are no nerves in the heart. And, you know, it's just it's not that kind of hurt. But why does it hurt there? And at the same time as it's hurting there, there's a sweetness within the pain, and, and that sounds mm -hmm. really weird. However, there is some kind of a... a, a divinity in the pain that you feel because it is a pain that surpasses the physical it seems to be that within that is where mm -hmm. 
the knowledge I think maybe comes to us that uh, we have truly loved or loved. Oh, you know, uh, to, to such an extent that we. I feel. just thought of another yeah. thing. So you could, if you translate this into French, Johnny, you will understand where I'm going. You could yeah. call it chanson yeah. de méchante. So that would be the literal oh, translations, yeah. like a villain, the villain. Yes, uh, I can't yeah. translate it very well into English, but maybe that the no, this is exactly what you're saying. The villains, it's, it's, the villain like song. It's a thief in the night. Like, it's a thief. So like, yeah, it's a thief in the night. Yes, yeah. and it's almost like uh, she something was stolen from her, right? Something is stolen from her, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. or you could say the part that is the part that is dark inside is talking of the person. Mm-hmm. Mm. in some yes. way it is an expression it is such a beautiful deep expression that she uses um you know that 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 is so relatable so relatable you know within the passion of it and and and, and it is so private uh intimate and private and the way she brings it about with like eating on her own also eating on her own is one of the it's a, it holds a sadness to it you know yeah and um it does it does if one wants to and you know but it, it does i mean it's like a, you look at a picture of, of anybody sitting at a table on their own eating it, it, I, I don't find that a very happy picture for some reason um and the use of the food and 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 layers of, of onion has been used many times of course yes you know and, you know it's like as we unravel the layers of ourselves um, to try and get to the middle and get in what is there? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing is there, you know? All that, all those tears and all that pulling back, nothing is there. And how, from like how everything is degrading and then and we know it. And even within love, we know from the beginning we know, we already have the knowledge this will degrade because it does. Everything is temporal. Oh, that's yeah. It does. Correct. Yes, that thing. Yeah. It no, but it's beautiful. <laughs> the funny, the, why I say to you divine pain is when I say degrade, I don't mean degrade as in uh, maybe it's the wrong word to use, degrade. It's more, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, we start you know, love as we know it in its moment. You know, let's take an imagery of that. Love in the moment of falling in love. Love in the moment of acknowledging that you've gone past being in love to the extent that you are now you love, you see. And the use of bone is a very good, good analogy because it, it, it is like the marrow of the bone. The marrow of the bone is is that softness that that that, that is the marrow of our bones is as deep as it's going to get within the human uh, physiology, you know that to me. And you will speak of, I will speak of, I will say like you know you to Rose, I I say you know what I mean. You like you are my marrow, you know you are my marrow. And it's true, you are in my marrow. There's a, even in Afrikaans, they say, yes, in my It's a lovely word. And um, uh, it, it, so, so, so all these analogies of the depths to which these things feel and all the rest, and, and the 
age old, you know, thing of, of fleetingness. Um, so therefore, when I say, you know, it, it, it's not that it begins to end, nothing ends. The change, it is a change. Everything changes. I think that's the best word to use that she's alluding to. Um, and, and accepting that change is the difficulty that I think is possibly being um, uh, put forward and proposed to us, you know, of the acceptance of that. Um, mm. For so it is. So it is. But yet that dark spot within still speaks. You see, it still speaks. So therefore it is alive. Um, so, so that does encapsulate quite large and broad sort of like, you know, landscapes of, of human emotion, feelings, uh, thoughts, uh, esoteric, everything, all of mm -hmm. it brought into the practicalities of the simplicity of food and eating and, you know, sitting at the, yeah, all these things. Um, Beautiful. Uh, the way Alison reads it, it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And when I just started reading, I just was like, I was sitting in. Well, we'll read it the like, next one too. We'll read the next one too. The one. The <laughs> but one. I think I I picked really? both of these because they talk mm -hmm. about memory and they talk about um, the experience uh, of people, and my brain had to click in right here a minute. <laughs> but uh, it's like the 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 whole. These two talk about memory. They talk about love. They talk about um, they talk about distance. They talk about um, many, many similar themes. And so, I wanted to pick something like this to kind of like look at two different ways of looking at some similar themes. Um, I think, and they're both like you could just sit there and contemplate all both of them for like all day long and you still wouldn't get at them completely. <laughs> you still wouldn't get it completely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you would never. But I did you want to add anything else about this poem? Because me and Johnny we went mm. off on a thing. So I no, I don't think so. I think I said everything that I could say about this poem. Uh because to me it's okay. An ethereal poem that it it's just hard to fully grasp, but um, I I enjoyed it a whole lot, and I am very thankful that I was introduced to Blanca Varela via you. She it's is amazing. Yes. It is amazing, but it, it, she does speak from the experiential, yeah. uh, in other words. Uh, so a lot one can understand it, like intellectually, yes, yeah, sure. But even, you know, maybe esoterically, but without the experience of all these things that she speaks of, it's very difficult to actually know and relate, let's put it that way, because what is so beautiful is that it is a relatability between all of us that is the same. Mm. I, I speak of the the, 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 the the pain of loss in the heart, you know, when we talk about heart is broken story. Um, and, and and people know what it mm -hmm. is. Everybody, anywhere in the world yeah. will know exactly what that pain is, the exquisite pain, you know, of love. Um, 
which is always so interesting because the artists are the ones that always come forward with love, you see, and and possibly the most mysterious of all things. Mm. And um, uh, it is a word. Uh, love is a word, and it's a, <laughs> there's nothing that can be sufficient to uh, or can suffice to to to, to bring to words what love is and i think that's one of the greatest challenges of, of the arts mm-hmm. um whereas going in the other direction is a lot easier you know getting dark yeah. you know is a lot easier um because you know within our darkness the darkness uh, alludes and deals with a lot of fantasy mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of fantasy there, but you know, then when you come to the area of love, it's very difficult for it to be fantasy, which is strange because you immediately, you know, will, uh, will put the two together. You love and fantasy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Not true. Not true. Not true. It's in the darkness, I think, that, uh, and, and darkness is, is. Oh, that reminds me of something. You know, that Johnny yeah. will. I'll just talk about this quickly. You know the dark night, right? The dark night and the luminous night for the soul. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So the 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 the, the heart, uh, especially in where her background is, the heart must go through a nighttime at least twice, and then it can come closer to the divine. It can come closer to the divine because it learns through the suffering, through the pain, through the trial, through the test. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see mm-hmm. that, that she's reflecting on these things, but then she's mm-hmm. bringing back to, she's brought back to her mm-hmm. root. You can see that by the Mea which is from the yes. mass, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, it is. Yeah, it's from right. the mass. It's in the beginning, and it's the expiation era, which means you in the beginning of the mass, readers. In case you don't know, in the beginning of the mass, there's the part called the act of contrition, and basically, it's it's saying that you know what I'm. I am human. I am sinner, I'm nothing, and I need the mercy of the divine. I need the mercy of God in my life because I cannot approach him. I cannot approach him without his mercy. So you're begging, you're pleading the mercy. You're pleading the divine mercy over yourself so that you can approach into the holy place of the divine. And so it's like this, as some people don't take it very seriously, but it is it is a cleaning if you will, it's actually a cleaning rite, uh, right? A cleaning, so that the person can be clean inside. So it's very interesting that she mentions the mea culpa because when you're doing the mea culpa, yeah. it's like mea culpa, mea culpa, yeah. mea gran culpa. Yeah. It's, it's very like it's you are, ritual. yeah, you are, you are, yeah. you are recognizing that you're very low and you don't, and that you need mercy in mm. your life, and it's very that's very powerful. So she's bringing herself to a low place. And that's what I want to finish this section with. Mm. She brings herself to a low place. She reflects. But then she's like watching you, watching me, like watching you, watching me. So she mm. knows that it's not she's not alone at the end of it is what it feels like. She's not alone yeah. at the end of it. Yeah. 
So that's cool. Yeah. Can I can I just before you close up, like just just this this a little bit on what? Sure, you saying. can say a little bit. Uh, I don't want to get to the next one. When it's the lower place, what she does is she brings herself to the place of this is where our, our truth lies, our, our greatest strength, our vulnerability that is, is is usually at that place where we are the most beaten, humiliated, and lost uh, when we have nowhere to go. <clears throat> nothing to turn to and within feel that uh, we are empty and we look at our shoes and uh, why I don't know that we do that is what we're talking about and and also what falls away into ritual you know like with the shoes there with you know kopa, kopa, uh, it, it, words 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 become uh, ritual and then it's just a matter of saying words no. not understanding or no, no, actually no. truly going to the meaning it of depends on who it is, is. the fact it of, depends on who it is. Of, of the vulnerability that lies and there's the love you see it's only in there the vulnerability uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing it's, it's yeah. as you said you know you bow down you bow down you have to go low yeah to that. let's go low <laughs> We'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode. This episode was produced by Alma Pictures and Baker Street. Join us next week for the next episode of our podcast. Thank you. Merci. Gracias. Gracias. Danke. And have a great week.